airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. I feel the need always to kind of alert people, let them know, especially when my voice sounds a little bit deeper than it normally is, that there's no need to adjust their radio, that I'm just kind of battling whatever it is that happens when the weather changes. Yeah. I don't know if it's, if it, it may sound worse in my mind than it actually does. Yeah, you but don't I feel sound like, very deep today. Really? No, okay, good. Not to me. <clears throat> Okay, great, because I was concerned about that. You know how I am, right? I'm, I'm like, God, to me, it sounds like cats trying to get out of a basket. Like, just, that's what it feels like. So anyway, I've been I've been battling this just for a few days. I mean, it's not been an incredibly long time, but right. it's one of those things that when you're not 100%, you just feel it, you know, all yeah. across the board. And there's so much that I have to do every day. And, and you know, the kids tried to pull at least. Well, let me be fair. It wasn't the kids. It was your second born uh, who during school time today said, hey, if you need to take a nap, I'm OK with that. Yeah. Yeah. I can. And I go, I don't need that a stuff nap. yesterday. Yeah, she really was. Like, I was like, I don't need a nap. I said, why are you saying that? And she goes, well, I know I feel better after I take a nap. Yeah. And also we're doing <sighs> math right now. That's kind of surprising to me because I thought you said she was the one that liked to get it done and get it out the way. Well, she she and she excels at math. She just she excels at math. Yeah. So, yeah. I, it doesn't really make sense. Um but then sometimes, you know, they all have their moments. So anyways, um, man, we got a lot that we want to get to today and just kind of explore it. I was thinking that we could kind of map it out in the three segments that we have and, mm-hmm. and hopefully leave time enough to open the phone lines to get um, our, our listeners response to some of the, the topics that we're discussing. Really, it's one central topic, one yeah. central question. And I want to weave into that question uh, some of the the content that I think is going to kind of paint a bigger picture um, for, for where we are in mm-hmm. our country and, and the fact that we're not the only ones who see it, Will. Yeah. Um, other people see it. And so, you know, when you hear, which, by the way, let me just say this. Shout out to att- Attorney General uh, William Barr. Yes. For listening to Aaron the Addison. Uh, okay. <laughs> I just, he, he is a better Attorney General because he listens to our program. Okay, so I just well, want to say, here's looking at that. you, kid. Here's, here's looking at you, kid. You, and he's you, learning you, something, too. He's know? learning a lot. Yeah. He's learning a lot yeah. from the Addisons. Right. And also, let me let me double back to this, too, before we move too far <laughs> far away. I want to thank Aaron the Addisons listeners for really showing up during our uh, Fall share last yes. week. I just want to say so much. You have no idea how much we appreciate you. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who gave sacrificially uh-huh. stand up. You're yes. the real MVP. Yeah, Thank you so much. Time. Thank you so much. <laughs> and you look around, you look at people. Yeah, it's you. Yeah. It's you right there. Yeah. It's, it's all you. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you. We, everybody, we started the slow clap and now here it is. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for saying that you appreciate what we're doing. So in keeping in step with uh, what we have done that you appreciate, we want today's show to be very similar to the shows that we've done in the past. I was joking about 
Attorney General William Barr yeah. uh, listening to our program because I took the time to read. Attorney General uh, Barr mm-hmm. spoke a couple weeks ago um, to the law school and the De Nicola Center for or De Nicola Center for Ethics and Culture yes. at the University, University of Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yes. Notre Dame. I call it Notre and Dame. You know, from New Orleans. Tomato, tomato. I mean, it's okay. You know, (laughs) whatever. We know what we're talking about. He was up in Indiana. Okay. He was up in South Bend and, uh, and he was speaking to, uh, to this group for about an hour. Mm -hmm. And I'd been hearing people reference it. I'd read some quotes and I heard people quoting from it. And now the presentation has been taken from YouTube. So you cannot go and watch the presentation yourself. How about that? However, Why is that? Hmm. <laughs> however, if uh, if you go to uh, the Department of Justice website, uh, justice.gov, mm-hmm. you can actually read in there in its entirety the, the speech that Attorney General Barr gave. And it is worth reading every yes. word of it, I mean, every word of it. Amazing. And it is absolutely amazing. Will the great like and, and and so I was joking in part mm-hmm. unless of course, he's listening today, A.G. Barr. Hey, I just want to say um, you're welcome for all of your content. It almost appeared as I was reading his speech, his presentation, it appeared that not only does he listen to our program, but the Lord by his spirit is convicting his heart to move to action. Hmm. Right. But here's, here's the reality. It's not that he's listening to our program. Mm-hmm. It's that what is happening in our country is so glaring. It's yeah. that what is on the line, what is what is at stake, and and the the parts, and I'm gonna we're gonna take some portions of his presentation. Uh, he had a lot of, of moments speech. in there, like so many. Someone said, "Drop the mic." Moments. So many. <laughs> there were so many. So if you take this and you put it in a document, you know, you're 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 looking at about nine or ten pages. Yeah, you're looking about at about pages. nine or ten pages, yeah. right? So there were so many moments, but I want to I want to pull some out. And, and I know that there are some that stand out to you that you that you also sure. want to point out. But I kind of want to in this segment, I want to use this as a setup to ask the question, because as I was reading um, Attorney General Barr's remarks, uh-huh. I was thinking about, number one, what we say all the time. That sounds like a broken record that we've got to pass the gospel on to our children oh, intact. Man. Yes. Did you see that in his remarks where you like, oh, my goodness. He was going in. I was like, "Okay, (sighs) okay." So he did call. He called me. He called. That's what it sounded like. He was like, he was like, hey, Mika, (laughs) because he knows me so well. So he was like, hey, Mika, I'm going to be speaking out in Indiana. You have any tips for me? And I was like, hey, listen, A.G., come here. I got something for you. This is what people need to know. No, I'm joking. But this is what we say all the time. Right. And so the question that I want to ask, though, because I want us to take a look at this introspectively, not just kind of looking outside side of the church mm-hmm. when we read speeches like this or when we hear speeches like this we tend to think you see what you guys need to know about what you're doing against the church mm. right we tr- mm-hmm. we tend to stand inside yeah. looking through the stained That's glass right. outside right. and we say you guys are doing this you need to but stop what it. i think we need <laughs> yeah and you need to stop it but what i think we should do is all of us in like the choir section should turn to one another and be like whoa hold up a second yeah yeah like you know, yeah, what look at our role do we play in That's this? Right. Exactly and I, right. And I exactly loved how right. he tied in, you know, the history of this country. Yes. And how it was formed mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, uh, where we can be in the future because, you know, it relies upon the people being moral. That's exactly <laughs> but right. to even succeed. But I don't want to uh, step on any of your um, 
No, it's okay. Step on it. Cause we'll just, we'll just, we'll just ping pong back and forth. There was so much. Now I tend, now you and I are a little bit different, right? I mm-hmm. probably would kind of go in order. You okay. know, I would look at the speech in order. You probably would be like, and then he said this, and then you jump to the end, and he said that, I, and you go I back have to some the some highlighted middle. portions. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> if I move past your highlighted portions, uh-huh. then you can you can yank me back, and, and we'll go back to it. Right. But I think in the beginning, just the setup is he's talking about religious liberty in America, yeah. and he says that it's an important priority to this administration and for this Department of Justice. And I think mm. that that is so comforting. It is something that we have not had yeah. in a very long time. And and this is these are the reasons that people want you. Let me let me just tell you when people want you to feel guilty about how you voted in this last election. Mm-hmm. This is the type of document that you need to print out yeah, and shake out in and their face. Like, Look, read you need this. to be like right here. Paragraph just flap three. It. <laughs> <laughs> just have it, just flap it in their face and That's say right. you're not going to guilt me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I've said before and I'll say it again just just because I think it that it, it has bearing on this conversation that never Trumpers are irrelevant at this point. Yeah, like pretty much. that that yes. really makes no sense. Sure. You know what I mean? Post 2016, it, it's it's just irrelevant. But but still in all, you have them. And you have people who want to sort of moralize in front of you and, and question how you voted. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, statements like this that I think are important. So getting back to this speech that was delivered on October 11th um, at the University of, what do you say? Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. I Notre Dame. Notre, okay. I Notre Dame. So, so he, he begins this way. And I just want to pull out some excerpts here and, and just, you know, I just want us to talk about it. So he says, from the, the founding era onward, there was strong, there was strong consensus about the centrality of religious liberty in the United States. The imperative of protecting religious freedom was not just a nod in the direction of piety. Mm-hmm. It reflects the framers belief that religion was indispensable to sustaining our free system of government. Moving on, he says, but in the 21st century, this is Attorney General William Barr. He says, but in the 21st century, we face an entirely different kind of challenge. Mm. The challenge we face is precisely what the founding fathers foresaw would be our supreme test as a free society, our supreme test as a free society. Mm. They never thought the main danger to the republic came from external foes. Come on. I agree. Man, the central (laughs) question was whether over the long haul we could handle freedom. Mm. The question was whether the citizens in such a free society could maintain the moral discipline and virtue necessary for the survival of free institutions. By and large, A.G. Barr continues, the founding generation's view of human nature was drawn from the classical Christian tradition. Mm. The classical Christian tradition tradition. He says, in the words of Madison, quote, we have staked our future on the ability of each of us to govern ourselves. And I thought this was so important for us to kind of double back to an understanding our history Mm -hmm. and understanding not just semantics, but understanding the deeper meaning of what our framers meant when they said what they said. And he does this in this portion of his speech. He says, this is really what was meant by Mm self-government. He said it did not mean primarily the mechanics by which we select a representative legislative body. It referred to the capacity of each individual to restrain and govern themselves. That's right. That's right. He should have had an organ at different times. Yeah, just if so, I would have been just that, somebody in there to give him just a note where he could preach this. Right. I like just to preach this just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, he well. says, but what was the source of this internal controlling power? 
in a free republic, those restraints could not be handed down from above by philosopher kings. Mm -hmm. Instead, social order must flow up from the people themselves, Mm. freely obeying the dictates of inwardly possessed and commonly shared moral values. Mm -hmm. And to control willful human beings, with an infinite capacity to rationalize those moral values must rest on authority independent of men's will. They must flow from a transcendent supreme being. It almost seems that we're at like a founders gathering. Yeah. Oh, no, it almost he, seems that we're getting back to the basics. History, Go ahead. This is a history lesson, man. Now he's, he's letting us know how this thing was formed, how this whole experiment was put together and what it would take in order for it to um, continue on. And absolutely. And, and, and when we read this, when, when he's saying this now and we're looking at where we are now, we're like, whoa. It, for me, it, it uh, highlights the need for the gospel to be preached, for yes. disciples to be made in America if we really truly love America and say that, you know, the, the America that we want is the one that we want. If that's so, it's not going to be solely because of political uh, things. It's going to be mm-hmm. because the church is being the church in this Amen. country and we have a moral people. Amen. And would you say that the spread of that gospel, even even by what Attorney General Barr mm-hmm. says in his own speech, the spread of that gospel must begin in our own individual families. Own, yep, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's not it's not the revival fires that are supposed to happen out in the public square. Right. It, it's not like, you know, fanning the flames of somebody else's fire. It's right inside our own homes, our own homes that our own we lives. are discipling and training our children. And then he goes on. And, and I don't I don't want to jump too far ahead. Well, but I guess all of I our don't know linear if you're going look, past go the John Adams uh, quote. No, go ahead, because I, I have it highlighted, but I was going to skip it in the interest of time. But you go ahead, because you haven't, I just thought it was you haven't so pulled good. out it for you. No, it is so good. Go ahead. It says, we have no uh, government armed with a power which uh, is uh, capable of contending with human passions, unbridled mm. by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. Oh, my goodness. And isn't it true? It's so isn't true. Isn't it true? It's, it's so absolutely true. true. He goes on to ask this question, how does religion promote the moral discipline and virtue needed to support free government? And then he talks about the founding generation being a generation of Christians Mm. and unapologetically so. And we have lost this. Now we are embarrassed to be faithful Christians. But this challenge and this embarrassment is not something that's new to believers. Right. We have always tried to fight for our maintaining our faithfulness and our fidelity to the truth in the Mm. face of people who Mm. said it doesn't really take all of that. Right. It doesn't have to be that way. Right. Let's grab this break. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Connect with us at AFR.net. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for, for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's John Howard, a song for the nation. Very appropriate. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll open the phone lines up in uh, the last segment. Get your take on some of what we're talking about today. I want to say thank you to our brother, Michael, who is listening. I'm not exactly sure where Michael is listening, but he just in real time commented under the airing the Addison's post that he found a video link uh, to Attorney General Barr's Notre Dame speech and he posted it there. So if you are one of those people that you're like, "Um, do y'all have it in a movie? (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, you don't want to read the book. <laughs> you know, you're like, did they make a movie about that? The movie, uh, thanks to Michael, is posted under the Aaron the that Addison's powerful, post. And, yeah. And, and so so I encourage if you if you want to go and check that out, you can do that. But also, as you know, is our custom. We'll put a link to uh, the speech in the show notes so that you can go and read it for yourself. Maybe share it with your friends and family. It is just that good, everybody. It mm-hmm. really is. And if you're only getting snippets of it, you're hearing people refer to it. Um, it's well worth your reading it. If you're a homeschooling mom or dad, it might be something that you would use and work in even like a lesson or just to present it to your kids. It's really just that good. I I have to say it's something, um, it's one of the best things I've read in a long time coming from a public official. (laughs) Yeah. And it's very, it's very encouraging to know that, uh, this caliber of person is in that position. And I think about him and I thinking about, uh, uh, Mike Pompeo. You That's know, right. and, and others who are standing firm, you know, and uh, making sure that these freedoms are, are still available. That's exactly right. He mentions and I, I'll, I'll move quickly, kind of continuing on through uh, his speech, because ultimately I want to get to the question that is where I hope that we'll come to rest. And this is the question I want our listeners to be thinking about it. Is it possible that we ourselves as professing Christians, is it possible that we are raising secular Christians. Mm. So I think about the problems that attorney general Barr pointed to in his speech. And I think of what he was lamenting and, and I don't want to get too far ahead of this, this talk today because it's almost as if uh, attorney general Barr was presenting a Jeremiah, which is like a, it's like a sermon that is a lament. It's like, you know, just kind of, you know, decrying what is happening in our country, which this was common just prior to the first great awakening in this country. There was such a decline in Christianity in the new world that, um, preachers regularly presented these, um, as they were called, are called Jeremiads. And in that you hear Jeremiah. Mm. So it yeah. was like this, this weeping, lamenting yeah. sermon. Like, what are we doing? These preachers were saying. It's like, right. where have we fallen? We're so far away from God. And the only thing I would say that is missing from Attorney General Barr's presentation would be some scriptural references. You could, you know, to, to, to make it a true Jeremiah, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. some scriptural references and then a little bit of prophecy, like, Hey, this is what, this is, this is how this is going to be judged. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which I think in some ways he's kind of pointing to that. But anyway, that's my, that's my question. That's kind of what we're discussing today. Is it possible that what we are experiencing and experiencing in this country mm-hmm. is the result of our raising secular Christians? And, wow. and then I think we have to ask ourselves the question, how does that affect our nation? What does this look like in the future? I think that we have deceived ourselves in thinking that we are going to vote our way out of this decline. That's right. This is not an easy fix. And yeah. and, and I got to tell you, because because the decline was very um, it was subtle, 
but it was consistent. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when I'm talking about decline, I don't just mean decline in our nation. I mean, decline in our churches. Yeah. I mean, decline among people who profess to be Christians. We abdicated our role as parents and disciple makers of our kids. We said someone else is better equipped to do that. And so, you know, I just go ahead. Well, I don't know how we how we quickly we can't vote our way out of. No, that. I agree with you. I'm just uh, hearing what you're saying. And we've given that job and the responsibility to others. And as a result, they have given our children, you know, their worldview. And so mm-hmm. it's not what's coming from the church or from the, the Christian household It's really what's coming from the world that's being handed down to our, our children. He says in his speech, or he said in his speech on October 11th at Notre Dame. Notre, yeah, no, say it like no, you want okay, to say Okay, Notre Dame. Um, he says, the fact is, the fact is that no secular creed has emerged capable of performing the role of religion. Yeah. He says, what we call values today are really nothing more than mere sentimentality. Watch this. Mm-hmm. Still drawing on the vapor trails of Christianity. Vapor trails. Of- oh, my goodness. When I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm That's telling like- you. <laughs> Man, I don't know who wrote this for the attorney general. I I don't know. I mean, you know, you've got speech writers. Man, (laughs) doesn't it seem that it would be like a David Barton? I mean, it just some it's somebody that's like a Jeremiah. It's got some fire shut up in his bones. I mean, anyway, so so back to the speech here. He says the consequence and man, think about this. He says the consequences of moral chaos become too pressing the opinion of decent people rebel. Mm. The, the opinions of decent mm. people rebel. They coalesce and rally against obvious excess. And then he makes, and this is true. If you study church history, which I love to do, this is so true. Mm-hmm. But then Attorney General Barr kind of gives a chilling warning. Yeah, He alludes to the fact that periods of moral entrenchment follow periods of excess. So in other words, he starts to allude to this pendulum swing that happens in any society Mm -hmm. of Israel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You saw this with God's people. They would rebel. They would sin against God with a high hand. Mm -hmm. He would would correct them (laughs) with a higher hand. (laughs) (laughs) They would get in line. Then Then they would enjoy a time of peace Mm -hmm. and then back into decadence. And the same is true for Christians in America. The same has been true since our founding and, and even prior to our our founding. Um, You have believers who began to live, um, relatively comfortable lives. Mm -hmm. And so then their offspring fall into this level of contempt for the faith that they were hoping to pass down to their children. This has happened. It's been an ebb and a flow or as AG Barr described it, a pendulum swinging back and forth. But now this is the chilling warning that attorney general Barr gave in his speech on October 11th that I think we in the body of Christ would do well to pay attention to. We cannot afford, we don't have it in the bank to ignore this. Yeah. Right. He says, this is the idea of the pendulum. We have all thought that after a while, the pendulum will swing back. But today we face something different. That may mean we cannot count on the pendulum swinging back. Mm. <laughs> first, he says, first, is the force, Mm -hmm. fervor, and comprehensiveness of the assault on religion that we are experiencing today. Mm -hmm. This is not decay. It is organized destruction. Mm. 
secularists and their allies among the progressives have marshaled all the force of mass communications, popular culture, Mm -hmm. the entertainment industry and academia in an unremitting assault on religion and traditional values. He goes on. These instruments are used not only to affirmatively promote secular orthodoxy, but also drown out Uh and silence opposing voices and to attack viciously and hold up to ridicule any dissenters. Yep. And Will, I'm wondering your thoughts on that. Like as you (laughs) as you read that, what what were you thinking? Initial thoughts I have is, okay. So where's the church? Because in, in the sense of in the sense of are we mm-hmm. uh, taking this as serious as uh, the wicked are taking it and putting all their efforts behind, you know, uh, the destruction, I, I say, of our families and, and this nation? Are, uh, where where is the church in this? And then also mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. say amen to what he's saying, because he's right. You see now, if you are a dissenter, you're canceled. <laughs> you cancel you you right. there's no way That's that it. you can be That's a part it. like we live in a cancel culture exactly you're right and so if you're a dissenter if you're not going along with the flow of what's going on then ah now you got to get out of here you're, you're canceled and you're going to be ostracized and put out and your your livelihood taken away and that's the that's the, the day we're living in right now mm-hmm. man you know something he he has this this phrase in there um, where he he mentions self-corrective mechanisms that we have suppressed in today's society. Self-corrective mechanisms mm. that have been suppressed in, in today's society. And he says that the suppression of these self-corrective mechanisms have made it harder for our society to restore itself. So mm. in order, this is another uh, impediment to the pendulum swinging back, right? right? And really, it has been under the guise of help. We will help people who make unfortunate decisions. Mm-hmm. But what A.G. Barr is saying is that this, quote unquote, help has has robbed us of these kind of intrinsic self-corrective mechanisms, I would say, that even come from the Lord. You think about church discipline. Mm. So mm. you think about the Apostle Paul saying, expel the immoral brother. Think about the Apostle Paul saying, deliver him over to Satan. So hmm. that his soul can be saved. Right. What is he saying? He's saying, take him out of the protective cover of the church. If he wants to live for the desires of his flesh, hmm. then let him go out. Because he's been, when we become believers, we are rescued out of the domain of darkness, Colossians 1 teaches us. Hmm. We are brought out of the domain of darkness into the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we are taken out of enemy territory and we are brought into the kingdom of God where we have all the rights and privileges thereof. When a person is on the receiving end, of church discipline. And then you see the apostle Paul, he goes back and he's like, wait, hold on a second, restore, restore him. him. Yeah. Like if he's yeah. repented if he's, yep. and if he's hurting, he's now submitted to the elements. Right. Don't right. leave him out there. I mean, just so, to, yeah, this time, is not cruelty. There's a time where they need to feel exactly being from under the covering, you know, but then there's a time if they repent to be brought back in and we can't uh, deny them that as well. So here is what is happening. According to attorney general Barr. here is what is happening in our culture today and our attempts to rescue people from their own sinful and wicked choices, we have insulated them from those self-corrective mechanisms that they would be subjected to because of their licentiousness, wow. because of their living in open rebellion against God. It's like, it's like culturally speaking, we have refused to expel the immoral brother. Right. 
We have refused to allow man to feel the weight of his sin and rebellion against God. And now I want to turn back to his comments because he kind of unpacks this a little bit. He says, uh, quoting A.G. Barr here, he says, in the past, when societies are threatened by moral chaos, the overall social cost of licentiousness and irresponsible personal conduct becomes so high that society ultimately recoils Mm -hmm. and reevaluates the path that it is on. Oh, yeah. man. Like, y'all. <laughs> Anyways, okay. <clears throat> it's just a speech, right? It's just a speech. It's a great Mickey. speech, though. But today, it's a great speech. <laughs> but he goes on. He says, but today, in the face of all the increasing pathologies, instead of addressing the underlying cause, we have in the state, in the role of the alleviator of bad consequences, We call on the state to mitigate the social costs of personal misconduct Mm. and irresponsibility. Mm. So the reaction to growing illegitimacy is not sexual responsibility, but abortion. Mm. The reaction to drug addiction is safe injection sites. Oh, Lord, man. Yes, that's what he needed. If attorney... If Attorney General Barr would have had that, he would have said, and uh, we uh, we don't we don't tell the women stop shacking. We just provide y'all don't hear me. Right. He would have. We just provide abortions. Oh, Lord. Yeah, he's I wish right someone there. would have given him a glass of orange juice because I know that that's got to tire you out when you're preaching like that. Anyways, man. He said this in his speech. He said the call comes for more and more social programs to Mm -hmm. deal with the wreckage while we think we are solving problems. Oh, my goodness. He says we are underwriting underwriting them. them. Now, um, I'm trying to (laughs) drop once again. So many times. So many times there needed to be. Yeah, there need there needed to be that girl there with Jim Acosta who would just pick up the mic and hand it to him every now and again. Like that girl that we remember the one with Jim yeah. Acosta grabbed her uh-huh. and that girl needed to pick up the mic every time, every Man. time A.G. Barr dropped it. So he is so on it. He mm-hmm. is so accurate. But here's the thing. And I want to because in the time that we have left and because I could continue to go through this. I mean, he talked about macro morality versus micro morality. Did that jump out at you at all? Will like, were you, did you uh, notice that he's talking about how in our culture today that we are trying to have a type of cultural expression of religion, but the focus is on everybody doing right collectively us like personally individuals. Yeah. 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 Instead of individual personal yeah. holiness, he right. didn't say personal holiness, but I'm helping him because he Help didn't him, Mickey. He, I mean, he didn't, you know, he didn't write down everything <laughs> I said, you know what I mean? You understand what I mean? Like he didn't, he didn't get everything I said to him. And so we had a, we had a bad connection. I'm down in the South, <laughs> but anyways, um, he says this, he says, Christianity teaches a micro morality. Mm. We transform the world by focusing on our own personal morality and transformation. This is so good. He says the new secular religion teaches macro macro Mm -hmm. morality. One's morality is not gauged by their private conduct, but rather on their commitment to political causes and collective action to address social problems. In other words, if you can have a moral signal that is brighter than everybody else's, (laughs) then you're a good person. Yep. If you can have a virtue signal that is brighter than everybody else's, 
then this is why we have virtue signaling run amok. Everybody's trying to show how good they are publicly, Mm. but privately, their lives are in shambles. Privately, they have a sliding scale of morality, but publicly, they look good. And let me tell you something. This is happening inside self-professed Christian families. That's right. This is happening on social media. We go to church. Come on. The preacher preaches. We go out to eat afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it looks good, but inside there is no personal holiness, no discipleship or training for our kids. All right. We got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. What are your thoughts about what we're talking about? Like, have you had an opportunity to either hear some portion of Attorney General uh, William Barr's presentation at Notre Dame a couple weeks ago? Have you read it? What are your thoughts about what we are commenting on today? We want to hear from you. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. As the calls are queued up, I want to share just one more portion and then break into kind of... I guess the ultimate question, is it possible that we as Christians in America have largely contributed to the problems that are expressed in A.G. Barr's presentation by raising secular children? Are we raising secular Christians? We have deceived ourselves into thinking that we're passing on the faith and we really haven't. Let me just uh, a few more portions from his presentation a couple of weeks ago. He says this. Recently, as the process of secularization has accelerated, RFRA RIFRA has come under attack and the idea of religious accommodation has fallen out of favor. But then he says this, because this administration firmly supports accommodation of religion, the battleground has shifted to the states. And I hope that every Christian is listening to me right now. Mm. Some state governments are now attempting to compel religious individuals and entities to subscribe to practices or to espouse viewpoints that are incompatible with their religion. Now watch this. Everybody lean in for a second here. I'm leaning in. He says ground zero for mm-hmm. these attacks on religion are the schools. Where? Are the schools. Where? To me, <laughs> are the schools. Okay. To me, this, and I'm, I'm quoting A.G. Barr here, to me, this is the most serious challenge to religious liberty. Now hold on a second. Pause. To me too. Miki commentary here. The most serious challenge to religious liberty is our schools. Is that what you're saying, A.G. Barr? Yes, that is what he said. I'm going to continue quoting him here. He says, for anyone who has a religious faith, by far the most important part of exercising that faith is the teaching of that religion to our children. Oh, my goodness. The passing on of the faith. I don't know why this makes me emotional, Will, but it does. He says, there is no greater gift we can give our children and no greater expression of love. For the government to interfere in that process is a monstrous invasion of religious liberty. Now, I'm going to stop there because I could go on. Please know that I have more. Because he said more. more. 
he breaks <laughs> down he breaks down three fronts oh. where he feels like this attack on our religious liberty is happening as it pertains to schools and and pushing in on the church he yeah, he he goes in on this, yeah. okay? And but I we don't have time to do it today right. because my question is this, is it possible that we are raising secular children? And then my question is furthermore, how does that affect the nation in which we dwell? We cannot vote our ways out of this problem that we are in. I'm going to tell you how it happens. First Great Awakening, Second Great Awakening, uh, consecutive revivals have proven it. The only way for us to get out of the condition that we are in is to disciple our way out of it. Come on. We are not going to vote our way out of what is happening in our country. We only, by God's grace, can disciple our way out of it. And let me just say this. When you get a firm understanding of what it, what the, the meaning of the word secular, because what we think is that, well, no, my kid is not out in the world but that's not the question you should be asking yourself not is your kid out in the world the question one must ask oneself is is the world in my kid Mm. because the world can be in your kid right inside your home and in fact let me say this just prior to the first great awakening in this country that is what was experienced by the puritans and the separatists that is why there was the first great awakening because the second generation the generation that followed the puritans and the separatists they there arose a generation who did not know God. Mm, So they didn't fear God like their parents. Mm. And let me say this, and this is something that we don't like to talk about a lot, especially when we talk about the founding of our country. We talk about um, the Puritans and we talk about uh, the separatists and we talk about the Mayflower compact and how you've got 41 men. And before these 41 men get off the Mayflower, they sign this agreement that, you know, this colony is going to bring glory to God and advance the Christian cause. And that's all well and good. But you know what took over in our country or in the new world? What took over was the management of the land. The securing Uh of the wealth. Oh, Oh, our kids need this. We've got to make sure. And so look, this is what history records. History records that the successive generations didn't care about the faith of their parents because their parents were too busy securing wealth for them. Wow. Management of the land and the farms. And so you've got you've got historical documents that record the families who lamented the time that it took for them to build and secure the wealth for their families. Mm. And so their families were neglected. So then this is this this is, um, you know, the primary ground mm-hmm. for the first great awakening, because now you've got declension, you've got a decline in morality, you've got a decline in the care for the things of God. You've got apathy. And you've got Christian faithfuls who just are a little bit busy with other things and they hope that their kids will just catch on. American dream can get in the way. Now, listen to me. (laughs) There is nothing wrong. God wants us to be responsible and provide for the needs of our families. But when those things take center stage, then now you've got a time. And we're in the season right now. We'll we'll, look. We need Jeremiah's. We need people preaching hard messages today. Amen. Amen. We are in a state of decline. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Will the Great, where do we go? Let's go to Tony in New Orleans. Hey, Tony. Uh, Hello there. Hey. Good to hear you. Boy, I've just been excited about everything I've heard. And Miki, and uh, I love the way you're elaborating all of this and bringing it to light. You know, uh, there's no doubt about it that we have seen a a debauchery in a sense and, and what you might call a decline. But 
I don't see it as much of a decline. I see. I, re, I think about the scripture in Corinthians that says from Paul. But I say this: that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice and practice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with these devils. <laughs> this is the thing. When Moses came down from the mountain, he brought the, the first text message on a tablet ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he looked down and he saw the people of God at the first Mardi Gras ever. Mm. Come on, man. <laughs> and there, once again, we see this. The problem that we have seen in America is that we got, things happened and changed here, but society became diluted by hedonism, paganism. One of the greatest books I read, Pagan Christianity, by mm. uh, uh, Frank Viola and uh, George Barna. It's it just tremendous to enlighten us that what we need to be taught is what Jesus said when he sat with them disciples. disciples. Teach them to obey what I have commanded you. Amen. Mm. Amen. 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 No, Tony, I agree with you. I, I, and I, and I don't know if Tony is saying anything different from this, but I, I guess I would just echo just for clarity. But yes, I, I, I do see a, de a decline. I, and, and I, I guess I don't know if it's maybe semantics that we're discussing here, but I'm, I'm wondering if Tony sees the church as responsible in some way when you have a nation that is founded on Judeo-Christian principles, Judeo-Christian values. I, you know, I, By virtue I of the way it was set up, that America yes. was set up, it seemed like the onus is on Christians. <laughs> and That's what you, I believe. You know, and, and, and God working through his people to, to assure the freedoms that, that we have. Because it, it takes a moral people for this to even work. Exactly right. And I will say this and then we'll go back to the phone lines. Unlike any other nation, the United States of America, we combine the best of two worlds. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? We, we understand, we understood Jewish government and then we understood Christianity and we put those two things together to form a Judeo-Christian nation. I mean, it was, we, we really are unlike any other nation mm -hmm. without excuse. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, so the decline I think has to come to rest at the believers who were at the helm and, and look, church history shows this and it shows, it shows the, um, the early colonists even taking responsibility for the decline that they experienced in the new world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's look, instead of looking through our stained glass windows outside, I, I really think we have to look through the, the choir room. You know, we have to yeah. look up in the choir stand yeah. among ourselves. Um, but let's go back to the phone lines, Will the Green. Uh, Joe in Oklahoma City. Hi, Joe. Yeah. Hey, hi, guys. How are y'all? Great. Good. Hey, listen, uh, some of the things y'all were saying a little while ago about uh, A.G. Barr and his speech at Notre Dame kind of reminded me of something. And I think that um, <clears throat> if you and your listeners uh, get a chance to go on the Internet, you can find an explanation of a lot of what's going on in this country by Googling the name Brock Chisholm. Are you familiar with that name? It doesn't sound familiar to me. Well, look it up because uh, okay. the guy was a, uh, he, he was the first, um, I, think his, I think his title was the first director general of the World Health Organization. He was a psychiatrist. He was an atheist. He was a bad guy. I mean, you, you just need to look him up. I will. Uh, you're going to see uh, some explanations that will make a lot of sense. And mm. like the Bible says, 
like the Bible says, uh, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And yes. you do a little reading, a little studying, you come up with a lot of the explanations because they, they, they're they there, they're out there. And what he said, if you look, you'll see a, a document there that says uh, the evils of Brock Chisholm. Try to find that one in the list. I, I'd look it okay. up for you, but I'm driving right now. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> like, no, look, I, I appreciate it. Um, I stopped having people cut up my food once I, you know, got past the age of three. I'll look it up. <laughs> we, we, you don't need to cut it up for me. Thank you. No, that's good. Brock Chisholm, the Brock evils Chism. of Brock Chisholm. Okay. All right. I think that's what he said. Um, but I can, I, I look, we know we can do a search. Yeah. You should search, search his name. I'm sure you'll find that piece of Thanks work. so much, brother. We appreciate it. Where do we go next? Will the great uh, Charles in McKinney, Texas. Hi, Charles. Hey, how you guys doing today? Doing good. I, 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 I want to uh, have a testimony. You know, my daughter, she is 14, and she gave her life to Christ. And she's Amen. in the public school system. And, uh, you know, all the way to school this morning, me and I were talking about uh, in John, where in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And we and I was explaining it to her, the Trinity, and explaining all, all, all the, how the Trinity works, how we can't fully wrap our mind around the Trinity and stuff like that. And 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 she she was getting it, she was getting it. But yesterday in church, while we were sitting in church, you know, it did my heart good to see her broken. I'm sorry, I get emotional too. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry to see her broken because mm. you know during the worship, she was broken. It did my mm. heart good to see how worse been mm. broken come to God with her sin and just broken raising her hands to God. It did my heart good to see mm. her broken. Amen. And, you know, it, it is it is hard to raise a kid in a system. I I I spend most of my time teaching my daughter. I, I'm really teaching her. The school's not teaching her. Mm. You know, they're teaching that the world billions of years old, and they're teaching them about Come these on, different man. uh e- 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 theses and stuff like that, and how this one cell ate another cell, and it lived within the cell, and then it evolved into something else. And you know, I'm I'm fighting against that every day. It's mm. like you know, and and the school know me because they, they give her these crazy projects. The last project she had, she had these crazy people who were uh, uh, who were all liberals, who were all liberal. The Lord of the Flies was a book she had to read and and it's about a bunch of kids living on island killing each other and i was like mm. well i opted out and i opted out and i wanted her to read something else. i said well can you give her something good to read uh, mm-hmm. uh, some, uh, uh some real life history to read instead of about all these communists and all these calvinists and all and, and every every person that could research it on they, they were a liberal and you know i don't want to take up much of your time but you know i fight that every morning i, wow. I read the bible me, every me... morning i let me jump in and let me just ask let me just ask a question just real quick because I'm going to tell you honestly brother you sound like Will and I <laughs> you sound like we sounded when we made the decision to pull the trigger on just doing this ourselves you know and and I don't know I I just would I would encourage you to pray about what it is that the Lord wants you to do. Because before we got to the point where we decided we were going to go whole hog and just homeschool, we were at that place where we were doing the work ourselves. We were kind of like trying to undo and then do the work of educating our kids. And so I, you know, finally I was like, man, if I'm spending three hours before dinner trying to, you know, what I would say is reindoctrinate, you know, try, and it's hard to pull this stuff out once it's there. My question, and, and maybe this is not something that you've explored, maybe it's not possible, but have you thought about just pulling the trigger on just schooling your daughter yourself? Yeah, I, I'm praying about that, Nikki. I, I am honestly 
praying about that. My job let me work from, work from home two days out of the week, and the other three days I have to be in the office. Okay, it, okay. It, it, it's, it's an IT job, high-power job, take a lot of hours, but I'm praying about it. I am definitely praying about it and asking God to, to make a way, make a way out of no way because I know he's able. Brother, he is, he is able and he is willing, and let me just say this. Will the Great, you talk about this all the time behind the scenes, and I know you're working on some stuff right now, Amen. and so I won't say too much about it, but this is the quintessential example of why we need an exit strategy. Yeah. Why we need the body of Christ to rally and to say, man, there yeah. should be support for brothers like this. That's right. You know, I talked to a 75-year-old just the other day who is retired, but is still is homeschooling other people's kids right now because she sees where we are in the culture. Yeah. We can do it if we will. All right. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.